following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. And what I usually do with people who say they can't change or don't want to change or, or in general that statement people can't change is I give examples. Uh, here's Bobby. Bobby changed. Here's, you know, here's Sarah. Here's how Sarah navigated change. But I also, I root people in gratitude. How that connects to change is, is a little complicated, but I, I'm going to bring up the word right now because I love to root people in gratitude. Uh, forgiveness and healing. And when those three things are very understood, change is very possible. This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. You can be guaranteed that your experience is going to be unique and customized to your specific needs. See how they can help you focus on natural beauty enhancements by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 114 of Two Kids and a Career. And I have talked in numerous episodes about being a constant work in progress, about all the self-help books and all the things that I can do to help myself and better myself. And well, you know what? It's just time to get an expert on. So I would like to welcome Elizabeth Hamilton Garino to the podcast. You're going to help with the self-help talk, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm with you. So many so many books out there and so many resources. Our heads are on overwhelm trying to figure out what actually works. And I am just so thankful that you understand that and that you are willing to talk about that and that you have a resource for us. Uh, the first thing that I want to say, though, is I do not like when people don't think they can change or when I hear somebody say, you can't change, you can work on yourself. Um, I, I think that's actually two separate things that I want to talk about because the first it is that kind of you can't teach an old dog new tricks mindset. I don't know if you want to tap into that a little bit first, because I I know a lot of people who think that they're too old to change the thought process that they might have on certain things. So can we start there and then kind of guide into other things that are happening that you're doing to help people like me and to help those that think they can't get help. Well, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a classic interrupter. And I just, I just had to put my hands over my mouth to not ch- <laughs> chime in right there. Well, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You, you totally can. can. Um, but those are the words you need. I can. I can. I can. I can. I can. Over and over and over again until um, you believe in you or uh, find somebody like me or uh, the best ever you network or, uh, you know, something like that. So you surround yourself with somebody who believes in you more than you for a period of time until you start to believe in yourself. That's mm. usually what I find is you, you meet people and they're like, well, I, I can't change that or I can't do this. It's too hard. I don't know the steps. I'm totally afraid. What do I do? All of those things are rolling around in people's heads and minds and really where you need to go is your heart and go, yeah, I really can. And I need a resource for how. 
All right. So let's talk about the resource. Not yet. I want to talk <laughs> about Elizabeth as the woman that got to where you are right now. Let's do a little background. Yeah. Well, um, so sit back because I'm kind of old. Um, <laughs> let's go back to whatever. Folks, no, I'm just kidding. I'm 52. I'm 52. I did just have a hot flash before we went on air and did take off my sweatshirt. So just I am disclosure. so <laughs> glad you mentioned that because that is what I love. The realness, yeah, yeah. the rawness. That's what we yeah. need to hear. So thank you. So, um, but I have, uh, I, we, we have four sons. I Stop to call them boys. They are boys, but they're 20, 22, 24, and 26. So my, my rhetoric oh, needs wow. to change to adult sons. Um, if anybody wants to trade bills with me, they are pretty much all in college at once. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, between the hot flash and the bills, I'm just a, a, a ball of... <laughs> advice over here. Fun. Yeah, no. Fun. No, so much fun. Yeah. And really, yeah. And I think that's really important too, is to keep your sense of humor about you in all of this. Please find the humor in something because uh, the ability to laugh at ourselves and so forth is so important in that whole I can factor. <clears throat> and, and I get it. Some things aren't very funny, but some things are very funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's me. I, I own the Best Ever You Network. I I was one of those who was in a job where I was just totally miserable. I mean, just absolutely sitting there going, I got to do something else. I got to do something else over and over. And I closed the door and I, I said, best ever me, best ever me, best ever me, best ever you. Oh, there's people who are just like mm -hmm. me in the same spot. This is best ever you, not about me, about all of us. And right then and there, I um, opened my door back up and quit my job and uh, came home and, uh, told everybody I quit my job and then kind of went up the street to a friend who I knew did graphic design and websites. And this is all the way back in 2008. So we didn't have a lot of the things we have today. And we registered the domain and <clears throat> I featured my best friend from kindergarten on the website. She was doing a baby bib business from her kitchen table, which exploded called Lily Pad Baby. And uh, here we are. Books wow. later and millions of downloads later on the podcast and everything. Who who knew, right? Right. <laughs> you take that scary leap and it works out. Where do you live? Uh, I live in Maine. I am I'm okay. originally from, I was born in Minneapolis, raised in Iowa, uh, was Miss Iowa teen, by the way. <laughs> Just oh. a fun fact, uh, which was well. totally cool. I loved doing that. Uh, got to go to Hawaii for that and everything. And then uh, moved Moved to, back to Minnesota, over to California, and California to Maine. And we've been in Maine for almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah, I've Maine. never been to Maine, oh, and oh. I would love to. Well, come on. I have empty rooms. They're awesome. The boys are all in college, like I said, or <laughs> uh, on their own. So come on. Come on over. We've got room. Speaking of the boys, I am a girl mom. I huh. am on the other spectrum. I am what they call the advanced maternal age parent. So I'm 45 and my husband and I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And so we are definitely in a different season than you, but we're in a different season for a couple of reasons, obviously ages, but boys versus girls. Did you ever feel like, I guess <laughs> like that is what you were obviously equipped for a boys. Like if you had a girl, would you have freaked out? What, like, you know, I see some moms, I'm like, oh my gosh, they are total boy moms. Like they are the best boy moms 
ever and and vice versa with girls? Mm, that's a very good question. By the way, my my husband's older, so he can relate to that older parent thing. Okay, he was thank 40 you. When the when a couple of them were born <laughs> yeah. over forty, um, but uh, yeah, me the youngster over here. Um, I'm kidding. Could <laughs> you are? I, you know, I I love kids. You can mm-hmm. bring me anybody's child. I I love kids. I don't care whether they're girls, boys. They're all a blessing. And uh, I'm, I, you know, I myself, I'm in the middle of 11 kids. Um, so I have, oh, wow. yeah, here, get this. So this is why I think I have boys. <laughs> I have seven sisters. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. Like. <laughs> I know that fight for the bathroom, the phone at the time, you know, all that stuff. But I, anything you can, I mean, my, my, uh, my kid's sister, she's 15 years younger than I am. She has two little girls and a boy, but I think our family is is the way it's meant to be. We, yeah. it just, it just works for us. And, um, boys are very different than girls. Boys are very low, low maintenance. They don't care about a lot of the things that girls care about. But when they get older, you don't mistake your boys for not needing you. Yeah. Because they, they need to do a lot more than you think they do. And so we, we raised ours with open communication. Your girls do too. Raise them with that open communication. They can tell you anything because there's going to be time when they don't want to open their mouth to tell you what's going on. And then they do. And you're like, I'm so glad you opened your mouth. Well, my sister has two boys. So she made that reference to me about, you know, that sometimes you think that the boys don't need you like the girls need you. And I remember her talking to me about that, the difference, something that, you know, she did with her oldest that she did differently with her youngest. And it was about a relationship, you know, just making sure that she embraced the hurt from the breakup or, or what have you, like they still, they're the boy, but they are still hurting. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That I was going to chime. I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my next kind of paragraph was going to be when the girls come into the boys' lives, <laughs> mm. the the um, there's so many dynamics at play, and uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, we have one um, son who's had a girlfriend for five years. They they met in college, like the week they landed in college. They had dorm rooms above each other, you know, kind of thing above and below. And um, I so there's my there's one of my girls. I mean, I love her. Oh. We text. We have so much fun. So it's it's really cool mm. when they start bringing girls around because you know how much fun is that? <laughs> well, and yeah. then not so much fun sometimes too. It's like, well, oh no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to hug you a little bit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I love it as the aunt. I yeah. both of my nephews have girlfriends, and and it just is fun to be a part of that too, because we are so close, like just to, just to be in it and joke around and have fun. And then I see my sister and how she relates with them and texts them or how the, the girlfriends will text her. And I just think that that's so awesome. I think that's yeah. so cool. Well, like in Olivia's case, so Olivia, we're talking about you. I don't know if she's going to like that or not, but <laughs> Hi, whatever. Olivia. Hi, Olivia. <laughs> um, you know, she's so, she's so lovely because, you know, She's not my daughter. She has her own great mom who I'm also friends with. We text and talk and everything. Like our families get together and we, you know, we do, did the graduation together for them and everything. And so it's just, it's like a wider family. But I love the fact that she, you know, treats me 
just as nice as she treats her own mom. Mm. That was that's mm. so important because you know it's yes. it's awkward. You know, it's like okay, you're not my daughter, but you kind of are. <laughs> you know? Right. And, right. Uh, and I'm one of those people who's going to treat you like you are my daughter, but in a in a you know different way that you're not. You know what I mean? Just uh, with that kind of love, we apply love. To I all love who that. Encounter us. And I love um, that so much. So, yeah, the the family family gets bigger and bigger. Uh, we have had some doozy girlfriends in here, though. My goodness. <laughs> well, we, we, sure. they shall go unnamed. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about no. them. <laughs> I know who you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And, and, then, and then you're just well, there every step of the way, though. It's difficult. Offering mom. those hugs. Yeah, yeah, and my boys are not at fault. You know that. Of course, you know. Of course, you know. There's fifty-fifty and everything, but you know that's the thing. About some moms are like, my son didn't do anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, they did. Okay. <laughs> Let me just okay. tell you. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, boys, you're not off the hook there. Yeah, the boys definitely no, no. But that also yeah. goes to show like your parenting as well. Yeah. But then you said you had one, uh, you have 10 siblings. Is that what you said? I can't even get it right. Yeah, yeah I did. Yes, I'm in the middle. I'm, uh, I'm the fastest eater you will ever be around in the world. <laughs> Uh, I do. I have I have seven sisters and three brothers. I mean, I really do. I can't make that up. I Jeez. I do. And they we all get this. Okay, so we're different marriages, and so we're a blended family. Like I'm my mom's from her previous marriage, and then he had four, and then they had a bunch together, and there's a couple that are adopted, and so it's a really cool family. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's neat. It's a big Minnesota family, and uh, but yeah, it's we're all two years apart somehow. I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh. We go from like. I don't know how you, uh, Alex is the youngest. She's probably 35, 37, because I'm 52. Um, and we go all the way up to over 60 now, each two years apart. It's just nuts. And are you, I mean, obviously you just said this with your own immediate family, this big family, and then you extend with the girlfriend's family. So are you all close, you and your siblings? Yeah. Um, I am the only one who lives in Maine. I live in Maine with no family around me, which is a little oh, bizarre, wow. but I do. And, and COVID has really messed with that. Like I haven't been able to go home like I wanted to um, and so forth. It's been very frustrating on that front. Uh, my mom has, my mom and brother have come here, uh, but we keep in contact. We have a big family group text, which is hilarious. Oh, I can and- only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And then, you know, we're not even including all the grandkids. There's like 20 grandkids and oh my. a grandbaby or two. I don't oh, my know. gosh. Great grandbaby. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And my, my father is not alive anymore to see it all. He passed in 2018. Uh, he was a stroke survivor from. Yeah, thank you. That's part, He's written about in the Change Guidebook and the topic of my first book, Percolate. Um, but 2004 to 2018 stroke survivor. So my mom's been, um, chugging along on her own since 2018 and that's been rough. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So she's in the change guidebook as well. Before we continue this week's conversation, I'd like to talk to you about one of the sponsors of the podcast, Elemental Aesthetics. So when it comes to your overall health and your well-being, there are so many things (laughs) thrown at you that you think, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I can tell you if you start at Elemental Aesthetics, you will find that you will get a lot of your confusion taken care of. Because not only can they help you with the outside appearance, they can help you inside. They can make sure things are functioning correctly and with one another because they have a nurse on hand, they have a doctor on hand, 
their staff is just incredible. So whether it is something like laser hair removal or Botox, or you need your labs drawn because you need to find out why certain things are not working together or you just aren't, can't sleep, Elemental Aesthetics can help you. You can learn more at elementalaesthetics.com and the number to call or text 314-279-6069. Again, the overall well-being and health that you strive for that you want, it can be obtained with elemental aesthetics. All right, let's get back to this week's conversation. Well, let's talk about the change guidebook. Talk to me about what this is and what led you to this. And then we'll get into the best ever you network that you talked about a little bit, or you can combine them at the same time. However, you'd like to do this, Elizabeth. Yeah, it does. It all weaves together. And I think it, I think the moment, yeah, the moment of change for me, uh, I have a bunch of them, but I think a big one was my father having a stroke. I was like, it was a, kind of the first time you're aware of somebody's life in a way, in a different way, and the struggle that people go through to stay alive and here um, in a situation where they shouldn't be alive. What he went through was was crazy. Um, the, they used to call him the ICU warrior, and people would just jaws drop um, at how he stayed alive, especially in the beginning. We had one doctor, by the way. I could go off in so many stories, but we had one doctor who sat us all down in this. You know, we filled the ICU ICU room, of course, because there's a million of us. And he, <laughs> the doctor, started crying. He's like, "I can't mm. save your dad." I've just, his heart, you know, all this stuff. And he was crying. He's like, I would have loved him. I would have loved to play basketball with him, all these things. And we're like, we, we hugged the doctor. (laughs) I'm like, it's okay, doctor. He's going to live. Trust us. And we plastered his wall with pictures and life and surrounded him. And we rotated shifts. So he was never alone in the hospital and all these cool, crazy things to keep somebody alive in the ICU unit, which is really a scary place. Most yeah. people do not walk out of ICU. There's a bell in ICU that you ring if you've lived and you can come back and ring it on the anniversary that you walked out if you want, which he did. Um, and it's a scary place. And so um, that, that moment surviving the strokes like he did uh, changed me really a lot. And when he was in a rehab facility, interrupt me too, because I go on and on and on. Um, he was <laughs> no. in a rehab facility in Minnesota surviving his stroke. Um, to the point where they need to move you out of ICU, which is a good move, but still another scary place. And the a nurse um, and a bunch of nurses actually said, it's time for your like speech therapy session. And we're like, how's this going to work? He's knocked out. He's, you know, it, it, just looking at him going, oh my God, a speech therapy session. He's not going to say a word. Anyway, they got him an hour prepped all the way down to the speech therapy area. It wasn't in his room. The nurse says, now Elizabeth and Carolyn, most people in this situation don't say anything. And we're like, you think, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, really? And my dad opened one eye and we're like, oh, okay, what's well, this is going to be interesting. And she said, we're going to play the alphabet game, Jim, whatever comes to mind when I say ABC, da, 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 holler it out. And so she said, A, and he, that little rascal says, aardvark. Mm. I'm like, that's my mom. And I looked at each other, we're like, aardvark, <laughs> aardvark. Okay. And then... And this is my moment of change. He said, benevolence, courage for each letter of the alphabet, benevolence, courage, determination, excellence, 
He swore with F and I changed it to faith. <laughs> um, goodness, happiness, integrity, joy, kindness, love. Mo- M was movies. On and on and on and on and on. No. And I'm like, no, no way did he just do that. And it was, I, I just, we had chills. Like, he's here. And then he went back to sleep. <laughs> We're like, I don't know what that was, but wow. And he rattled off the whole mm. ABCs in a, in a, I'm living through this moment. But the yeah. words that he was using. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, cat, yeah, dog. No, that's what she said. She said, most people drool and say, ah. Uh. And he said aardvark. Like, I'm totally with it here, people. So the stroke didn't do that to him. The stroke, the cool thing about my dad's stroke, if there's a cool thing about a, a stroke ever, you know, the, there's, ugh, those things are so nasty, yeah. was that mm-hmm. it didn't kill his m- memory or ability to speak at all. What it did yeah. is it took away his vision in parts and just took away his mobility, mostly because he couldn't see quite right. Um, and, and some other things too, of course, his heart wasn't repairable and things. So he lived a long time with a really bad heart condition, which was the reason for the stroke. Um, but he was the reason why I signed with Hay House and wrote my first book, Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through, um, he said aardvark and platypus in that moment. He had two animals mixed into the words and I'm like, I don't get it, but whatever. Um, and so one of the chapters in the book is how to find your inner aardvark and platypus. And Mm -hmm. and that's a different book and a different, you know, it was years ago in 2014 that I wrote that. Um, but he was a, a huge, I became really fascinated with, okay, how do you deal with change that you don't want? Like the club you don't want to join somebody passes away or, um, you have, you get injured or you, whatever it is. I just became pretty fascinated with how people survive all the, all the crap that happens that comes your way that you don't want, you, you don't expect and all that stuff. And then I became, um, a little bit more fascinated with, well, what about the people who just want to change deliberately and don't have anything really going on too much? They just want to lose 20 pounds or whatever. And I started thinking about it and the same concepts apply. It took a while to research this and and get what I wanted to put into motion, but it became the foundation for the Best Ever You Network uh, back in 2008. And uh, the 10 points of change, I finally decided to write down what I'd been teaching everybody for a long time. So those 10 points of change are in the Change Guidebook, which is my newest book. Okay, so how do you <laughs> shift it and make that change? Um, yeah. Especially, I didn't even think about the clubs that you don't want to be a part of, but yeah. more than likely, yeah, yeah, you have to be a part of it at some point. Well, the process works the same, and it, it's trickier, of course, if, you, if you've got something really, really going on. But where you start is your heart, your truths, and your energy. And you really decide in that moment. For example, my dad decided he wanted to live and he was going to do anything possible to live. And so he put that in his heart and accepted the reality and found the energy and actions to do so with people around him who supported him. And then woven in that concept, there are 10 points of change that I really believe human beings go through to navigate change with that a great approach to change where you're not, you know, my process sort of helps remove the fear and the, and the feet stuck in the ground where you're like, oh, this happened. This is going to be a lot of work or, oh, I want to change that. And this is going to be so much work to do that. How do I navigate that? Um, and so there's 10 points of change in the change guidebook, starting with an assessment of like what's happened or what do you, where are you? 
Um, you know, where are you in life in all these different categories, all the way to the impact you can have on other people. So for example, in the book, uh, we have Haley Stark in the, in the very back of the book, uh, in impact. Haley Stark is also a stroke survivor, only she's not in her 60s and 70s like my dad is. She was a teenager when she had a stroke and a friend of one of my sons. Wow. And she turned around, get this, she turned around and wrote her own book about stroke survivor and goes to Harvard now. So it just depends on your approach, so to speak, and your attitude and your open growth mindset, or if you're closed and grumpy or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of different people out there. And so what I hope is that the change guidebook meets people in that moment and guides them forward. Okay. So let me ask this. When you were talking, and I had just went to the club of not not the let, let's just which club are you in? Our parents you to know the yeah the <laughs> let's just say that the parents my parents are both alive but uh, that's not gonna always be the case. Right. So, in if I'm asking this the right way, let's say you are looking at the change guidebook and you've started working on yourself. You've started working on something other than that club. You know what I mean? Like when that happens, do you find that those individuals that have gone through the change guidebook have started doing the research, started working on them, that when that grief comes up, when that club membership comes open and you don't want it to be, that it's I don't necessarily want to say easier to accept or to get in, or maybe it is. I don't know. Do you understand what I'm I trying do. to say? I do. And that's okay. exactly what was my, that's exactly what I intended, um, which is, okay. so thank you for bringing that up because it, it threw me for a loop one might, it threw all of us for a loop when our dad had his stroke. We're like, how, how do you navigate this? And there wasn't really a, there's books on grief and there's books on various things, but there wasn't a book on change that that navigated us through. And my own family uses this book. Um, and yes, it, it, whatever kind of change you're going through, this book will help you navigate the process so that when things come around, you know, cause we're con constant change, constant flux. I mean, ch things change around us all the time and mm -hmm. our attempt to control them is interesting. <laughs> and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And so once you learn this process, Yes. You've got a, t I call it a tool for your best life toolbox. Yeah. And it's something I have my own, like whenever I need to change, I, I now have, I don't have papers and notebooks and things like that anymore or downloads. I have a book. I, I've, I've used my own book now to work through the exercises in the book. And what I mean by that is, so the book is structured. And so if you need to buy five books, you go for it. One for each change. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm kidding, <laughs> or what I did was I took all the exercises out of the book and I put them up on my website so that people can just have their book and not, if you want to write in it, great. If you don't, the exercises are all there to download. So you can download that thing as much as you want. And all the exercises are there for you to work through your change. So if you have like five changes, download five copies of the exercises or buy five books if you like to write in the book. But um, the book itself is a masterclass in change. It's narrative from me and then two exercises and two contributor stories so that you don't have to feel like you're alone in making change. There's 20 people 
who shared their stories in this book of how they navigated change. And I loved that. That's the one thing yes. I wanted. That's the one thing that was a stickler for me with this book. And people are like, oh, are you sure you want 20 people? And then I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. because if I just write it, people are going to be like, yeah, 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 you're you, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, but if other people add in here and it's not one of those anthology books with or whatever you call that, where, you know, it's just that it's it's a it's a mishmash of stuff where it's narr- it's a structure of each chapter narrative for me, two exercises to go through and two stories. Each chapter is structured, each chapter, excuse me, is structured the same way. And then at the end of the book, you can take a a 20 question or so test and get your certification in change management from me. And trust me, the test, the test is not some crazy multiple guess thing or E all the above and all that stuff. It's more of a narrative. Like, what did you think about this? What do you think about that? Tell us about your life just to kind of show that you read the book and know the concepts. I think that the contributor stories is huge because you don't want to feel alone. Like so many times you do and you feel isolated. And so I think that is so awesome. Um, I want to talk about the word change. And I mentioned this at the beginning that you will hear people say, people can't change. They are who they are. How do you address that? I, I throw it for a loop, actually. And what I usually do with people who say they can't change or, or, or don't want to change or, or in general that statement people can't change is I give examples. Uh, here's Bobby. Bobby changed. Here's, you know, here's Sarah. Here's how Sarah navigated change. Here's how, and you can do it too. But I also, um, I root people in gratitude. And how that connects to change is, is a little complicated, but I, I'm going to bring up the word right now because I love to root people in gratitude, uh, forgiveness, and healing. Uh, and th- when those three things are very understood, change is very possible. But also, you know, it's your heart, truth, and energy. When you align those things, change is very possible. But at the heart of those concepts is gratitude, healing, and forgiveness. And what I mean by gratitude is different. Um, I'm a person who has life-threatening food allergies on board. And uh, so I've nearly lost my own life a few times too. And when you are faced with something like that, it makes you really slow down and think about mm, how exactly am I using my time and what am I grateful for? And you know, just that sort of life pause to kind of take an assessment or take a look at everything. But gratitude becomes second nature in a way if you practice it enough. And it could start with a list of a hundred things that you're grateful for or even one. But I'm talking about the kind of gratitude that's part of you like your subconscious and consciously gratitude, you know, filled, grateful, uh, filled with gratitude. Like you wake up and you are very grateful that you're breathing. And so your flat tire seems in, inconsequential, mm. that kind of thing. Um, I, I love to teach people the gratitude flip where you take a scenario and you find the gratitude in it, the happiness in it. Um, even down to sitting in the ICU, uh, where, what a place to, think, well, my life sucks and this sucks and what do I have to be grateful for? And yet (laughs) when your loved one is in the other room and you are in the ICU area, uh, it's a, it's an interesting scenario. And I remember when my dad was in the ICU, my mom was just sitting there miserable one day and they were trying to wean him off the vent, which is a terrible process. It's just gross. And, um, 
she was just kind of one of those miserable days. And I'm like, we're going to do something else. We're getting out of here. We're going to do something else. Dad's going to be fine. We told all the nurses, the doctors and everything. I'm like, I got mom. We're taking her out of here. And we went over across the street from the hospital to Kohl's and bought sweaters because it was cold out. And I just took her sweater shopping to get her, you know, a very strange thing to do. And it took her a while to even remotely put a smile on her face and then when we got back to the hospital, we tied them around our necks like superhero capes mm-hmm. and went back in. I'm like, we're we're doing this day, but we're going to do it with sweaters that we like, <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of thing. And so it's all in how you frame it. With the Best Ever You Network, how does that work? What do individuals, uh, what can they expect when they go and they look at that? Well, yeah. At the, the first, when I very first started the Best Ever You Network, which is at uh, besteveryou.com, it's it's basically a free resource for everyone. Um, I, about the only thing you ever get nicked for is a book if you want to buy it, <laughs> you know, really. I, I, <laughs> I int- or five of them if you want. But I, I intended it to be a free resource for people. Uh, and what it is, is it's a network you can join for free. And the self-help information on the website is basically kind of vetted. It's not just any old articles up there. It's people who I believe in, uh, who I believe um, or we believe in as far as their concepts. And it's broken down into all those areas of your life. So we'll have writers on there who talk about mindset or money or uh, illness or housing or products we love or whatever it is. So it's a little bit of the everything but the kitchen sink, but there is some strategy and mindfulness behind it. And it's it's to help you in all areas of your life be successful. And so one of the things I noticed very quickly, especially in one of my old jobs, is that we as people all learn differently. So it was very important to me to have that be multimedia in in all sorts of ways that people can digest the information, whether it's listening to a podcast, watching a podcast, reading a book, reading an article, uh, calling me on the phone, calling an expert on the phone, whatever it is, we've got that for you. And if we don't, you can just ask for it and we'll probably do it. And uh, it's grown and it's, um, you can see us in social media with the blue check mark by my name. Yep. Um, so on Twitter and Facebook, it's, it's, uh, my name, um, I'm on LinkedIn and, and we kind of grew organically. We, we have absolutely no advertising dollars other than a few Facebook ads behind us. We, I mean, we started out talking to air on the radio show, <laughs> literally. Um, t- and we started with Forbes Riley as our first guest and, and, uh, we grew from there. Like I said, I featured my friend and, and Forbes Riley, and we've just morphed and changed and grown. And uh, I'm very, very thankful that uh, I have books. I, as a little kid in kindergarten, I always wanted to be a writer. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't in kindergarten go, you know, I always want to own the best ever you network. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted to be a writer. And that's what's deep within me is writing. And so to have books out like I have out. I'm so grateful for every single reader. I think I thank every reader personally. I think I really actually do. If I haven't thanked you, you let me know. But I really, (laughs) I really send emails to every single person or I let people, you know, give people my phone number and call or email or whatever, but I respond to everything because that's, they're people that support me. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like the opportunity to chat with you and go on and on here about everything is so 
I'm so grateful. So thank you. Absolutely. And I will have links at um, on the show notes at jilldevine.com that will link you to the change guidebook. It will also show you the best ever you network and, and how to get involved with that. Before we wrap up, you have a podcast yourself. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. It's it's older. It's called the best ever you show. It has 600 episodes and millions of downloads and listens, which again, we didn't advertise it. It's just spreading word of mouth, which is so cool. And um, we love our guests. We, and it's uh, it's wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if it's not there, let me know. It will be. Um, but we hang out a lot on iHeartRadio. Uh, we hang out a lot on Apple Podcasts. Um, Podchaser's cool. And then there's a new one out there, Good Pods. And we're one of the top uh, 50 shows on Good Pods. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have heard about Good Pods. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. I'm loving my life over on Good Pods. I feel like my show got a new <laughs> life, you know, because it's an old show with 600 guests. It's old. And, you know, are people really going to scroll through 600 episodes to go find Ed Asner, who was a great guest? And I hope you do, because there have been some amazing guests. And um, if you if you if you want to, you can tweet me or email me and say, hey, what's a good show to listen to? I've got them kind of all in cataloged in my brain of who's who's been on and I, I'll send you one so you don't have to scroll through but I, I love the Ed Asner show um, I don't think many people in the world have been able to spend time on the radio like I got to with Ed Asner I mean he even answered his doorbell while we were on the air <laughs> he's like I gotta really go my door. He put the phone down <laughs> yeah he put the phone down and answered his doorbell I could hear the people and then he came back to the phone he's like okay let's keep going what it, I mean, sorry about it, that no editing <laughs> yeah no there was no editing to that show and it was just absolutely adorable and you know he's since passed and so to me that's pretty cool I mean I swear one minute I was you know at my kitchen table eating my cocoa puffs and the next minute I'm interviewing Ed Asner it was a really cool change of events you know that's a really cool change of events and I will say this you have changed my perspective on the word change and I am excited to embrace that word more and understand that it is possible for people to change. And they can definitely look into you and see that for sure. And again, the change guidebook, this is something that you should look into for the change in you for the good, the change in you for when you have to prepare for the sad parts. And like I said, it'll all be at jilldevine.com. All right, before I let you go, any parting words mm -hmm. that you would like to leave with the listener? Well, I think I think we'll go back to the beginning. And I think anything is possible when you align your heart, your truths, and your energy, and you can do anything. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. This has been very uplifting, very insightful, and I can't wait to see what those next 600 episodes bring you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jill. It's been a blast. And as we wrap up this week's conversation, a reminder to check out Elemental Aesthetics, one of the podcast sponsors. They are amazing. I love everything about Elemental Aesthetics. You can learn more at elementalaesthetics.com. And while you're there, check out their different specials they have. They have new specials every single month. And they also have membership packages where it's going to save you money, uh, but also it's going to keep your well-being accountable so that you're coming in every month 
to take care of you. So all of that is at elementalesthetics.com. And then if you would like to call or text 314-279-6069. By the way, when you call or text and schedule your appointment, mention Jill Devine and Two Kids in a Career, and you're going to get a little special gift just for being a listener and for checking out Elemental Aesthetics. Again, 314-279-6069. And I would like to thank you for your support of this podcast. It really is because of people like you that keep this podcast going. And if you wouldn't mind subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on the podcast platform where you're listening to this right now, I would really, really appreciate it. And you can also follow along with all kinds of good stuff at jilldevine.com.